Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 106 of Three Things with JR. I'm your host, JR. Hope you like my new theme song. That's the song Transparent by the band To Be Fair. You may remember from last week I played that song and To Be Fair's other new song, Love Will Find a Way, and I asked for your votes for which one should be the new theme song. And one person voted, and that person got their wish. Uh, He he called it the UBU song, and you'll see why when we go to commercial break and you hear the chorus, uh, because that's uh, a catchy part of the song. So there you go. We have a new theme song, and I'm totally digging it. I think it's better than the last theme song. Uh, This one will be in place for a good while, Uh, so I hope you like it. Uh, I've got a couple things to talk about, but before I get into things one, two, and three, I just want to tell you how much uh, I enjoyed my wonderful weekend with my granddaughter, Aaliyah. She's four. She is the cutest thing on the planet, quite possibly the only thing uh, as cute as Allison, my daughter, was when she was four. Uh I didn't think that anything could be that cute, but Aaliyah is right there with her uh, and reminds me so much of Allison when she was that age. Um, Allison and Aaliyah were here at my house all weekend long. Allison was uh, using my Wi-Fi to take a class for her uh, job as a doula. Uh, She's trying to get some sort of certification so she can make more money as a doula, and uh, that seemed to go well, uh, but it was boring for Aaliyah to just sit there while mommy was on her computer the whole time, uh, which they had to do Friday while I was at work, and I had a thing Friday night. But Saturday and Sunday, I was home all day, and I got to hang out with Aaliyah. We played Legos. We uh, we played frisbees. We threw little discs into into my basket for like you know like disc golf. I'm teaching her young uh, to play disc golf. Uh, we rode our bikes around. I got her mommy's bike fixed up and ready to ride. And I hooked up her new trailer for Aaliyah so that she can pull Aaliyah around on her bike. Uh, but Aaliyah and I rode our bikes around. Uh, we played with Aaliyah's little drum set. Uh, we went on a little adventure into town and just really enjoyed each other's company for a good part of all Saturday afternoon and most of the day Sunday. Um, it was pretty awesome. Being a grandpa is pretty damn great. I love that Aaliyah is learning to ride a bike. It really takes me back. I remember learning to ride a bike. I had a bike that um, it was it was probably about the size of of the bike Aaliyah is riding now, a little like eight inch or ten inch wheels, and I remember. Uh, I don't really remember too much about having training wheels on. I remember when they came off, my legs were long enough to reach the ground. So what I would do is I would sort of push myself around on the bike and I had my I would keep my balance. But I didn't for a, a long time have the confidence to take my feet away from the ground and put them on the pedals and start pedaling. I remember just pushing myself. And my, I remember vividly my dad saying, Adam, just put your feet on the pedals. You're already riding because I was balanced. I would I would get myself going and the bike would hold itself up and I could turn and everything. But I didn't realize that all I had to do was put my feet on the pedals and I would actually be riding a bike. And I do remember the very moment that happened. It was 
a truly magical experience. Uh, I, we, we lived in an apartment complex, and right next to us was a huge shopping center that was uh, under construction. And while we lived there, it opened up fully. Uh, so we were, my mom was riding her bike, and I was, you know, you know, riding my bike Flintstone style with my feet on the ground in the empty parking lot of an of a has yet to open uh, shopping center and riding around in circles and following mom around. And I remember literally without even really thinking about it, just taking my feet up off the ground, putting them on the pedals and starting to turn. And I just kept going. And I kind of didn't realize that I was doing the thing that I was supposed to be doing until my mom said, Adam, you're doing it. You're riding a bike. And I looked down and realized what was happening. And I haven't stopped riding a bike since. Uh, that was a truly life-changing moment that I, I just, just do it. Uh, it was, it was awesome. Uh, and uh, riding around with Aaliyah was fantastic this weekend. Her favorite thing to do, you know, she's still using training wheels. She's nowhere near that you know, ready with that level of confidence. She's got a ways to go, but she, uh, she really found that she enjoyed riding, uh, over to uh, my garage and, I guess the, there's a little bit of an incline from the, the, the entry road to my place. And then you kind of turn and go up this tiny little hill that's maybe 30 feet long uh, from, the, from the main driveway up to the garage. And it's at an incline, right? But if you were just an adult walking up this hill, you wouldn't even think of it as a hill, right? It, it wouldn't even register that you're walking up a hill. But to a four-year-old on a bike with training wheels... It feels like a hill. Sometimes she struggled to bike all the way up the hill, right? Because she could never get into it with much speed. So she would have to pedal, pedal really, really hard to get up to the top of the, the hill, into the driveway, turn around, and then ride back down the hill. And there was a pile of leaves on the hill. And she was flying through the leaves. She was just having a great time. Uh, and it seemed to be a confidence booster. Like, it won't be much longer before she's actually riding that bike. We're going to raise those training wheels up here pretty soon. And uh, as I was watching her do this, I had the thought that sometime in the future, she will remember this, like the way I remember learning to ride the bike and in the places I rode my bike those first times when I was actually riding the bike. She's going to remember this as that that big hill at grandpa's house that I used to ride up and down over and over and over again and how I would go so fast through the leaves. I picture her like 30 years from now telling her kids about when she learned to ride a bike. And maybe maybe even she'll bring her kids over to this house I live in now. I won't live in it then, but maybe she'll be able to come in here and see the house and go, that's where my grandpa used to live. We used to go there to visit him. And I would ride my bike up and down the hill to his garage. And it was awesome. It was a huge hill and I would go so fast and her kids would be so impressed. And then they would round the corner and see the hill and she would be thinking to herself, well, the garage must be sinking or something because this hill used to be huge. And again, to a petite four-year-old, it is a hill, I guess. And maybe her kids will be impressed, but she, she will think to herself, wow, it's amazing the difference 
30 years can make. Uh, uh, you know, a few feet of height makes a huge difference on your perspective on the world, on how huge a hill looks. And to a four-year-old, this looks like a huge hill that she conquered over and over and over again, and then had the rewards of her conquering the hill was to ride back down the hill uh, and just uh, exhilarating and, you know, I get it. I, to- I I get it. I can't wait for Aaliyah to have that experience. I hope this podcast still lives on on the internet when, you know, 30 years from now when she's uh, showing her grandkids the hill and uh, and listening to me talk about it because uh, it's it was truly one of the highlights of my weekend. Absolutely loved it. So there you go. Let's get into the things. Thing number one. We're going to keep hammering on this thing until we get people listening. Uh, to be fair, the band I'm in, the band who's who does the theme songs to this show, we had some gigs. I told you about our gig at the Battle of the Bands at Stonefield last week and how it kind of sucked. Well... We all, I also told you about the the gig we had at Cedars Nursing Home, which didn't end up happening because of weather and COVID, which also kind of sucked. So we were left with our third gig that we had scheduled at Miller's on the downtown mall. They do music uh, every night they're open, which is like Wednesday through Saturday or Tuesday through Saturday, something like that. And they're open late. Music starts at 10 p.m., which means we don't even get to set up until the last, uh, you know, uh, diners are, you know, finish their meal because there's a table on the stage. So they got to move the table and chairs to get out of the way. We didn't even get to start setting up until like 930. We started playing music more like 1030, 1045. But the coolest part was the downtown mall on Saturday night was jumping. There were multiple shows going on at nearby venues. And when they let out, those people made their way to Miller's. A lot of them did. There were multiple, what seemed like multiple wedding parties all over the mall uh, based on how people were dressed. Saw several wedding dresses, lots of dudes in tuxes and, and, and suits and such. Lots of those people made their way into Miller's. One guy tried to bring a cooler into Miller's. Uh, that didn't work. But long story short, there was plenty of people around. And lots of them went to Miller's for the late night music, uh, food, and uh, libations. And so the crowd showed up. We actually played for a room full of people for like two, two and a half hours. It was so awesome. Uh, we started around 1045. We finished around one. We played two full sets of music. We played a lot of our favorite songs, our original songs, and some cover songs that we always play, as well as some cover songs we hardly ever play, that we haven't played in years. And it was fantastic. The crowd was into it. People were singing along with our cover songs. People were actually watching and paying attention even during original songs that they would have no way of knowing ahead of time, right? They seemed to enjoy our original music, which was extremely rewarding to see that happening. Uh, and it was just it was just the gig we've needed for a long time. Uh, and uh, it was uh, very rewarding. We're looking to book more gigs. If you're looking for a band to, uh, to rock loudly at a uh, party or venue and you have the power to book things like that, get in touch with us. Go to our website, tobefair.com. That's T-O-B-E-F-A-R-E, tobefair.com. 
Com, which also happens to be the place where you can now buy, to be fair, merchandise. Gary went out and found a merch company, and it is now for sale. You can get hats and shirts and such, and uh, they will all feature the uh, the phrase UBU, just like, you know, the letter U, the letter B, the letter U, UBU, uh, which is a big part of the chorus of the song Transparent, which is the theme song now for this show. You're about to hear it when we go to commercial break. It will be right there in your face. If you would like a hat that says UBU on it, I'd say you should do it. UBU, go get that hat. Put it on your head and wear it so other people can see it. And other people might look at it and go, UBU, that is a great way of thinking, right? Look around the world and see people doing their own thing. And you think to yourself, you know what? UBU, you do your thing. You be who you want to be. It's the message of the song. I feel it strongly. That's how I live my life these days. And uh, it's just it's just great. So I'm incredibly uh, inspired by that, uh, that phrase, this song. I love this song and the message of it. Uh, and it can be boiled down to those three letters. You be you. <sighs> those two new songs, though. You be you are transparent and love will find a way. I told you last week they would be available on all the streaming platforms when this podcast dropped last week, and then they weren't, and now they still aren't, and uh, I'm sure Gary is spending all of his free time trying to figure out what the hell is going on and why aren't these songs on all the places where you can listen to songs like Spotify and YouTube Music and Amazon and Tidal and Cobuzz and Apple Music, etc., It's not there yet, and it's annoying. We really want you to be able to listen to the songs, tell your friends about these songs, uh, stream them until your heart's content, but it's not possible yet. We are working on it, and uh, I'll post up about it. I'm sure, to be fair, the Facebook page will post up about it as soon as as those songs are listenable. Uh, To be fair, if you don't know, is a phrase from a show that I I think is just hilarious. It's a show called Letterkenny. It's a Canadian show. You can watch it on Hulu, and I highly recommend you do because it's hilarious. It's very vulgar, very, um, very, uh, you know, it's potty humor most of the time, but it's hilarious, and it has a heart, uh, and it's just fantastic. There's like 10 seasons of it, so once you start, it's hard to stop. And one recurring joke is when everybody says, Whenever anybody on the show says, well, you know, to be fair, this or that, and then they all go, to be fair, and I just love that, and I thought, that's a good band name, and I don't think it's anybody else's band name right now, so that's where we got it, Uh, and uh, a friend from work recently bought me a shirt that says allegedly on it with a picture of an ostrich, and if you know the show, you know why that's funny. Uh, I'm not going to explain why that's funny. You need to watch the show to get the joke. However, if you have watched the show and you see this shirt with a huge ostrich on it and the word allegedly underneath it, you know. And when I wore this shirt on Saturday night to the To Be Fair gig at Miller's, I walked onto the downtown mall and there was a guy walking the other direction. He saw my shirt, smiled, looked at me and said, dude, that's the best fucking shirt I've ever seen, man. That's hilarious. And I was immediately rewarded, uh, and uh, I made sure my friend knew that his shirt got the recognition it deserved. So uh, any Letterkenny fans out there, you know what I mean. 
anybody that hasn't started watching Letterkenny yet, you should probably go do that. Uh, all right, that's thing number one. All things to be fair. We're going to come back with things number two and three just after this. You be, you be, you be you. Take up all the chances and tell the truth. You be, you be, you be you. Don't be afraid, just do what you do. You can show the world the right thing to do. You be, you be, you be you. And we're back. Yeah, you heard the UBU part right there, huh? That's the that's the UBU. That's the merch. You can go get that, tobefair.com. That's that's why we're doing it. Uh, all right, so let's get into thing number two. I've actually got two thing number twos, so it's a two-two situation. Uh, thing number 2.1 is uh, the author, Nelson DeMille. I, I want to strongly urge any of you that like reading books to read Nelson DeMille books. He's got a new book out, and I'm literally going to start reading it tonight. It's called The Maze, and it's uh, the latest in his series of books with the, featuring the character John Corey. Uh, and Nelson DeMille has written like 22 books, if I've, uh, if I've counted correctly, and I've read them all. Um, uh, I was looking on his website through the, all the old books uh, that I haven't read in years, right? But I've read them all once. And uh, in preparation for this new book, Nelson DeMille in his newsletter said, hey, you should probably go back and read Plum Island, which is the first John Corey book. And that the, the new one will make more sense if you've read that one. So I did, uh, except I didn't read it. I, I got it on Audible and I've been listening to it in my car for the last, I don't know, two months, three months, something like that. And uh, I, it, that book just came to life again, and I was reminded about uh, I was reminded of why I like Nelson DeMille books. I like them because I feel I get smarter just by reading what that guy writes. He's a brilliant guy. He writes so well. He's a member of Mensa, which I think just means he's really smart, high IQ sort of stuff, uh, and. He's done a, he's done this a number of times. I know for a fact that he's done this. Uh, he is he has gone on like vacations to places, for example, Cuba or Vietnam uh, or uh, there's probably some other places I'm forgetting about. New York City, where he actually lives in Long Island, so that's not much of a stretch. Um, but he will go to places, actual places in the world. And then experience them as Nelson DeMille, the author, uh, can because he's that guy. And then in his mind, he's already thinking about locations in the book that he's going to write about that he can now describe from memory or maybe some pictures. And he can he can build a world that is true to these locations because he's recently been there and he's so good at storytelling and character development and plot twists, and excitement, and fun. Uh, and that's what's going on in Nelson DeMille books. Uh, and so re rereading slash listening to Plum Island was great. I think I'm going to be doing that for more Nelson DeMille books. I've been doing this with uh, Lee Child's Jack Reacher books. 
Um, but I need to take a break from those and get back into Nelson DeMille because, uh, again, he makes me feel smarter just listening to him. I feel like I learn things because he's the guy writing them, and uh, it's it's pretty great. Uh, so so it, uh, it sounds like a pretty cool job, too, uh, to be an author that just I need to go uh, research uh, the Bahamas. So I've got a story that's going to take place there. I need to go there, spend some time there, learn what it's like to be in the Bahamas so that I can write an amazing adventure story that takes place there. You know, that kind of thing. That sounds like a pretty cool job. Uh, I do like listening to the books that second time through, though, because I can do it in the car while I'm driving. Uh, Audible has been fantastic. I've been a subscriber for a little over a year now, and I absolutely love it. They will continue to get my money each month. So thing number 2.1 is my recommendation of the author, Nelson DeMille. I highly recommend his books, uh, and uh, and there's a brand new one out, which I'm about to start reading tonight. Like as I'm uploading this podcast to the internet, I will be starting The Maze by Nelson DeMille. I've got another recommendation for you. And so we're now, now we're into thing number 2.2. My Discover Weekly strikes again. As I'm sitting here sort of jotting down some thoughts, the things I want to tell you for this episode, I usually have music playing. And uh, it's Monday night. And Monday is the day that my Discover Weekly playlist resets with a whole new batch of songs. Uh, I think I've talked about this on previous episodes, but for those that don't know, Spotify is fantastic at recommending songs that you might like based on the songs you listen to. So uh, it's it's pretty Broadway heavy for me these last couple months because I've been listening to so many musicals, Broadway cast recordings, things like that. Um, but this week... I guess I've been listening to some more other stuff uh, because it has come up with a very different playlist. There's some Broadway on it, but there's a bunch of other stuff. And most of it is stuff I've never heard before, but that I like. It's great background music. Uh, I don't usually tune into any, uh, you know, one all the songs, but there's usually one or two on these lists that grab me, that like stop me from what I'm doing. And I'm like, hold on, I got to go investigate. What is this song? I need to know more. I need to find out about the artist. I need to see what else they're doing. Uh, and sure enough, uh, now the song this time that grabbed me was a cover of a very familiar song. The song is Handle With Care, the original done by the Traveling Wilburys, written by George Harrison. Technically, they shared writing credit on all their songs, but it was like the Traveling Wilburys' biggest hit back in the 80s. And the Traveling Wilburys was like George Harrison, Roy Orbison, Tom Petty, Jeff Lynne, Bob Dylan, a pretty awesome band of some pretty amazing musicians. Uh, I loved the Traveling Wilburys, and I think my favorite part of the Traveling Wilburys were the voices of Tom Petty and Roy Orbison, so different, so distinctive, and I just want to sing along with them. And this is a sing-along song, Handle With Care. Um, but this was a version not done by the Traveling Wilburys. It was, uh, it was a cover of that song, uh, and it was done by uh, Jenny Lewis and... The Watson Twins. Now, it seemed like they've paired up and they've done a whole album together, but technically they're two separate artists, Jenny Lewis and The Watson Twins, and they do Handle With Care, uh, and they do it so well. At some at one point, I, I almost thought that the Roy Orbison part was actually they were just sampling Roy Orbison, but I think one of them just must sound kind of enough like Roy Orbison that it's just as great as Roy Orbison. 
when he goes in on that chorus. Uh, it's it's fantastic. Uh, so then I went and checked out Jenny Lewis uh, to see what else she's done. She's had a big hit, uh, 15 million plays for her biggest song, uh, Just One of the Guys. If you haven't heard that, I highly recommend you check it out. Uh, Jenny Lewis seems to be based out of California, and uh, she had a song on a, on, a, on a kid's movie soundtrack, the movie Bolt, about the dog, uh, and she's got sort of an easy, laid-back California folk indie music feel to her. Uh, that's her. And then there's the Watson twins, uh, who are a pair of identical twins from... Louisville, Kentucky, uh, and they harmonize so well. They sound amazing together. They are the perfect complement to Jenny on this song, Handle With Care. Uh, but I just, I just let it play when I was listening to the Watson Twins, and they had a bunch of great songs. Uh, so I highly recommend the Watson Twins, Jenny Lewis, and their combined cover of Handle With Care, which was already an amazing song. And... So there you go. Uh, I'm now I've now gone down this rabbit hole of music, and I'm not sorry I did check them out. Thing number three, welcome to Wrexham. It's a wonderful show, also on Hulu. If you haven't decided to check it out, you should. Uh, I know this is just another recommendation, but I just want to let you know uh, it's a great show. It's worth your time. Uh, for those that don't know, it's. It's a documentary-style show. There's 18 episodes, and uh, it stars and features Ryan Reynolds, you know, Deadpool, and Rob McElhenney from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Those two bought a soccer team. You probably heard about that somewhere in the news because they've promoted that and this show everywhere. Uh, but they, this show basically is the journey of them going from, huh, I think we should buy a soccer team to actually buying a soccer team to dealing with the day-to-day uh, running a soccer team. Now, they're not hands-on. They've got people for that, but they still have to make the big money decisions, uh, and they've got to get sponsors and bring money in and buy better soccer players and, uh, and better coaches and upgrade the facilities and install a new pitch. Uh, and uh, they so they're spending their hard-earned money and time and promotional energy on Wrexham's football club. So you might think this show was only and all about Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney, and don't get me wrong, it mostly is, but this show absolutely has a heart. Uh, they really spend a lot of time exposing you to the players, the soccer players themselves, not only the big names that right that they bring in to give them a better chance at success, but they also spend a lot of time on the 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 soccer players that or the footballers that are not getting paid a ton of money, uh, that are doing this just as their job. And you get to know them, uh, who they are, what makes them tick. You, you get to learn about the people in the town of Wrexham and how important this football club is to them. And, uh, and some of them are kind of ridiculous. Some of them are very heartfelt and touching. I mean, it's just wonderful. It's, it's easy to think of this show as kind of like a real-world Ted Lasso. It's, it's, it is that, but it's not exactly that, right? They're not bumbling idiots uh, uh, in, you know, d- sorry. They're not a genius coach, motivational guy disguised as kind of a bumbling American idiot. They're not that. They're just bumbling American idiot celebrities that bought a soccer team and actually know how to turn that into compelling, meaningful, heartfelt, 
content uh, that's also hilarious. The show's funny all the way through it. They have a sense of humor. They tackle the, some of the tougher stuff, right? Football has hooligans, and that's a, the uglier side of soccer or football. Uh, they tackle that the whole episode. Uh, they teach you about Welsh history because Wrexham is in Wales. And I feel like I learned a lot watching the show. I laughed a lot watching the show. And as a result, I've watched more football or soccer than I've ever watched. You get basically an entire season's worth of a team's football games all in 18 episodes of this show. And the whole, the whole, the whole season is leading up to does the team, does Wrexham's football club get promoted to the next league up, right? If you're the number one team in the league or if you win the playoffs, you get promoted to the next up league in football. And they're kind of stuck in a lower league because they haven't had much success over the recent years. So everybody's hope is that this new infusion of energy, cash, celebrity, heart, and TV cameras will elevate this team along with some much better football players, better coaching, better management. It's all going to work to get this team promoted to the next league up. And uh, I, I'm not going to spoil the ending, but I will tell you, it does come down to the wire. Uh, the 18th episode is where you find out if they get promoted or not. And uh, it is, it, it will, I mean, even throughout that last episode, it'll kind of leave you guessing until the very end. Uh, and uh, this show is just great. I highly recommend Welcome to Wrexham. Uh, loved every bit of it. Uh, you don't have to be a soccer fan to love this show, uh, and you don't have to be an It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia fan or a Deadpool or a Ryan Reynolds fan, but you probably will be after watching this show because those two guys uh, are, are hilarious, uh, highly successful celebrities that also are down-to-earth and uh, realistic about what they can do uh, and who seem to really care uh, about the people in Wrexham. So anyway, I loved it. I think you will too. Uh, let me uh, make sure you know there's curse words all through it. Uh, they say fuck a lot. So if you can't handle that, don't watch that show. All right, that's it. That's the show. Thank you for listening to episode 106. We'll be back next week, 107. Hopefully by then, To Be Fair's music will be available for you to stream, and I will strongly urge you to go do so. Um, until then, just keep listening to this show, because this is where those two songs live. Uh, all right, see you next week. Have a great one. Adios. Peace out. Bye-bye. Take a your chances to tell your truth.